0: All right, welcome to episode 111 of Tell Me Where to Turn. If the late Uncle Roger of UncleRogersPicks.com were still alive, he'd be playing one 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 in the Texas Pick 3 tonight. He was a big believer, and if you saw a combination of three numbers that stood out to you, drop what you're doing and immediately go to the nearest convenience <laughs> store and play that number in the Pick 3. And I'm here to tell you, and I can attest that that man in his lifetime won the pick three more than once. The problem is when you win the pick three playing a number like one one one, probably half of the DFW (laughs) Metroplex also wins it on the same night. Playing one two three, yeah, or playing (laughs) the lost numbers. He uh, he, one time excitedly told me that he won the pick three, and I said, "Well, so." how does that work? And he says, well, I matched all three numbers. And I said, well, wow, what did you win? And he said,
1: $58. (laughs) (laughs) I like how he explained how you won the pick three, that you picked (laughs) the three numbers.
0: (laughs) Yeah. There's, there's a, there's a lot of stories about things, uh, even on this show, getting explained overly that don't need to be. So I feel like that's really right about, in the sweet spot for tell me where to turn 111 episodes in indeed. So yeah, you can, uh, yeah, you can find, uh, I'm Tommy two underscore zero Tommy 2.0. You can find me on Twitter at Tommy two underscore zero and you can find the
1: show at where to turn pod. You can find me at Glenn three underscore 11 as always. And you can find me on Twitter at point Break
0: underscore Dave. So I had a listener question. Do we want to jump into that? Whoa, we, wait a minute. So we have, <laughs> we have listeners.
1: We, I said, I said singular. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. listener question.
0: Yeah. We might have to call a side show meeting about listeners later. <laughs> I think the okay. new format of reviewing True Detective might be jeopardizing our ability to connect with a wider audience, but that, that'll be for the uh, mandatory annual business meeting a later date. <laughs>
1: okay. All right. Well, the good thing is the show's over.
0: <laughs> well, the other good thing is I've really enjoyed going back and listening to him again after the episode. So for my own amusement, it's been great.
1: Yeah. The fact that we might,
0: we might have hypothetically lost half our audience.
1: <laughs> oh, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which wasn't big to begin with, but at least one of them's uh, provided feedback to Dave, so maybe we'll start there, and, and we could use that as a, a building point to get this thing back on the rails. Well, it has nothing to do with True Detective. <laughs> <laughs> That's not surprising. The, uh... But he... The question he did come to the right place because it's about working out at the gym and the bathroom. <laughs> so there's only one courage that has the expertise and our one podcast oh, that man, has the expertise this, and courage. that got dicey in a hurry, Dave. So his question was: You're at the gym, you got that feeling. The, the mojo Raleigh that a bathroom trip may be imminent to, to quote Winnie the Pooh. You had a rumbly in your tumbly. <laughs> exactly. Which exercise is the worst to be doing leg press or deadlifts? <laughs> so dead so I, I think we have to work. I think we have to, we have to problem solve this a little bit. I'm going to say leg press and here's my theory. We're talking about the worst possible outcome here, right? Like that, that things, (laughs) that things fully happen. I think the chances of you being able to be discreet about it are much better on a leg press because unless you're doing it completely wrong, your backside should be down. So that gives you an opportunity to sit there, collect your thoughts, maybe perhaps formulate some type of game plan where I feel like if it happens while you're deadlifting, it's just there for the world to see. I mean, there's no there's no real way to soft pedal
1: that. Yeah, that's the worst. That's the worst option. Deadlift's the worst? Yeah, so yeah, I think I if think, you're going to choose one sure. of the two. The
0: uh, listener went with a secret third option, which wasn't part of the initial question, and he said the worst is the prone leg curl. <laughs> Or you're laying down on your stomach.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Because if it happened to fire. Mid curl. (laughs) It's like. You're just kind of trapped there. And now you've cupped it in a way. (laughs) And then when you stand up. It's just a. That is going to be a full. You're providing a full examination. For everyone. (laughs) It's essentially the. You stepped on a landmine scenario. And you heard it. you're good as long as you don't move. Because <laughs> we're assuming under this scenario that we're dealing with explosion. This isn't this like is N O two explode. Caddyshack. Yeah. Exactly.
0: I hadn't planned on bringing this to the air, but this, is, this did happen this morning, and it is exactly in line with what this listener question or uh, feedback was. So I told you guys last week I was considering – Perhaps inter- introducing a pre-workout shake into my routine, I've I'm proud to report I've still held off on that. But what I did do is I uh, went to Costco and bought some of these pre-mixed protein shakes. and They're like in little 10 ounce uh, bottles, and it's like the Costco brand, and it's 30 grams of protein in a shake. Uh, so, Hold on. are they the, like the? Obviously, they're the ones that aren't refrigerated when you buy them, right? No, no. So they have like that fake milk stuff. Yeah, no dairy. Oh, those are terrible. So 30 grams of protein. So I started drinking one in the morning. Well, what I quickly found out is it doesn't give me like the full NO2, you know, Ginsburg treatment, but it does (laughs) cause things to happen down there that if you were going to rate them on a scale of like normal to extremely bad, they... it smells extremely bad and it, and it's kind of hard to predict. And and I'm talking about offensive enough that it offends me and you usually aren't offended by your own. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I'm at the gym and I'm so every now and then this will need to take place. So I'm trying to be polite and discreet about it. So this morning I'm at the very end of my workout and I've got to let one fly. And uh, at this, this gym I'm working at now, um, it's not the one at work. It's one that we've joined by our house. The, uh, where you do your ab exercises is actually kind of on an elevated platform. I don't know why this is, but you, you actually step up and then there's a, there's just a big padded area where people will kind of find a spot and do their, you know, sit ups and planks and stuff, but it's, but it's elevated. So I, um, I got right on the very corner of it. So, so if you, it'd be like if I was laying on the apron of the ring, right? (laughs) All right to do my sit-ups to end my workout. Well, then imagine that I'm on the apron of the ring and then somebody comes up and sets up the Roman bench with the head facing the apron of the ring and then say that I have nobody in my immediate range of vision. I let it fly and I'm immediately aware that this is a bad one. And then a guy who looks exactly like Tommaso Ciampa comes over (laughs) and gets on the Roman bench and is doing the exercises so that his face is like probably less than like 18 inches away from mine. And there's no way, like if you were within 50 feet of this area, then you know, and he's, he's at ground zero and we just kind (laughs) of exchanged. It's very awkward. (laughs) <laughs> a bit of eye contact while he's doing his exercise. And I just got up. I wasn't even done. I just got up and walked out of the gym and left. Like, that was it. <laughs> didn't try, Didn't turn oh back. Wow. So, yeah, my apologies to Tommaso, the entire NXT fan base, and uh, <laughs> to the Franklin, Tennessee, YMCA. But I'm a little Dude, nervous about going there. back tomorrow because that guy is in there every single day. And I'm sure he's yeah, not going to forget. Yeah, I think I may just have to withdraw my membership at this point. Oh goodness! So, Glenn, I understand you were a bit under the weather earlier this week.
1: Yeah, we're back to Glenn is sick every other day. This is the that time of year. But it
0: wasn't a recurrence of ileitis.
1: No, no ileitis, although I had a weird stomach pain issue yesterday that I couldn't explain. So hopefully we don't get any kind of weird diagnosis down the road on that. You didn't really want take enough, <laughs> a weird uh, anything
0: that starts with dia, really. Yeah. Diagnosis uh, or, or otherwise.
1: If you take enough uh, leftover tramadol, oh, no. uh, it'll get rid of any stomach no, pain that you have. no. no. Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, how compromised is your immune system (laughs) (laughs) i don't like to deal with scales and numbers (laughs) per se uh but yeah this has been not not a bad week but you know haven't been 100 percent.
0: well i I can't be a bad week because another listener to the show actually she's not really a listener to the show she just hears the show because she's in the other room while we're recording the show She wanted me to bring to the podcast that there might be some Glenn non-disclosure about a big purchase that's imminent. That has not Uh, been discussed. uh, The question is, are you going to outdo Point Break Dave with the number of initials in the name of the car, the number of letters in the name of the car?
1: (laughs) I've gotten a lot of information on Dave's recent uh, purchase history, and I'm just taking it to him and saying, I just need to top this by at least $1. (laughs)
0: just like whatever that one other option is, you know, yeah, like the heated glove uh, box.
1: I, I don't know. I don't know if imminent is the best way to describe well, it. I was, Certainly, I was
0: advised absolutely. that it was happening this weekend. So is it my breaking uh, news to you?
1: No, 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 we'll, uh, we'll see. I, I'm, I mean, I'm willing to pull the trigger, but the, uh, it's more for the other side and she's always a little more conservative when it, comes to lavish purchases i i will spend you know three figures to go to a slipknot concert you know without any hesitation she won't do stuff like that
0: so so is there a particular uh make and or model that we're looking at here
1: i think we've got a few a few candidates that we're looking at here uh, are we
0: talking sedan or suv
1: I think we're talking SUV. Ooh. I, think, I think we're done with the quote unquote car business. I'm done with cars.
0: <laughs> so what are, are we looking at a, uh, something that would fall in the luxury category or are you just going to go? Uh...
1: Um, I don't know if we, if we go, if we lean towards the Acura, then that's going to be a little Ooh, more luxury.
0: Hey, I know a guy but we'll, if, if you need to know, if you need to know off air, I've got a guy.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think we're going to, I think we're going to go and test drive some stuff and see what, uh, see what fits our fancy, if you will. And then after that, if it seems like we're not getting the best deal possible, you may know a guy. I might live across the street from another guy who says he knows a guy. And then I can explore that a little more. So whether at all, takes place this weekend maybe maybe not but the decision as to what we're looking at and going after i think is likely to uh take place this weekend this is all uh much like the last episode of
0: true detective it's all coming together why glenn texted me it was like hey tesla makes suvs right right <laughs> Just
1: random question. Yeah. You, can you can you just
0: plug that thing into like a regular outlet or you know, you have to have an
1: electrician come out? Yeah, you need one of those like European ones that has like the three or four plugs in. Glenn,
0: Glenn is gonna get one of the
1: SUV Teslas and just drive
0: around with the Daniel Bryant hemp title <laughs> belt. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and just yell no. at people. <laughs> I'm gonna get the car where the doors open like this. And every time it opens up it's going to be the Daniel Bryan intro music. <laughs> every single time. Fantastic. We're not,
0: not not that we we're going to go into a wrestling talk but man he's so great in this character when they did the contract signing on SmackDown and he just sat there with that look on his face the whole time just oh, never great. break a character. I was like this this is peak Daniel Bryan. Oh yeah. He is he is th- this character they've developed for him is is choice. And I
1: think it started not, not, I don't want to say not well accepted, but I think people were kind of confused at the outset when he started to turn, but oh no. we're Oh, it's everybody's bought in. Yeah. Fully bought in now. It's so good that I don't want him to lose. Oh no. I'm I'm with you. Like I'm, I'm actively
0: rooting for him to keep this, keep this party going as long as possible because it's so enjoyable to watch. And I would, hey, I would buy that Tesla SUV here because the place that I'm working, parking is at a big premium and all those electric car plug-in spots right in front, wide open every day. Did I tell you guys, I may have told you this story off air. Went to uh, the fine Cinemark over by the tollway in uh, Parker and they have a few of the charging, you know, electric card only in the place, you know, the parking lot's always covered up. And I'm walking by, you know, and we had to park way in the back, and there's a dude in like a 2002 Silverado.
1: Okay, now there. that's offensive.
0: <laughs> he say you might be talking to one of those guys. And he
1: just, he took the little plug off and just stuck
0: it in like the front grill of his truck and walked off.
1: So I think that's a thing is to protest like electric car users and, and essentially, you know, like the green New Deal type uh, mindset is you just park your big gas guzzling dually in one of those electric car spots just to spite people.
0: That's because that's where we're at. And where it, it worked because I wanted to be his friend. Like I saw it. And I was like, I'm just going to go sit next to this guy <laughs> buying popcorn. Oh, yeah.
1: I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a good bit that he parked there, but the fact that he took the plug and stuck it in his grill, he then he can't be ticketed. that's too it's too creative. it's too clever.
0: Oh, Glenn, why don't you give us ninety seconds on the green New deal?
1: just well let's have your take. You, have to have a, you have to have a background strictly in bartending <laughs> and I think that's it. That's really all I know about politics. You need a cool, <laughs> need a cool, catchy name yeah. with your initials. Cool Twitter Huge name. bug eyes. Whoa. Well, let's not go there. That is
0: offensive, sir. Completely unnecessary. Oh, okay, let's see. The last thing I had on my list I wanted to cover with you guys before we got in to True Detective, I really screwed this one up. This is delayed gratification and then some episode 109, if you remember back. So that was two episodes ago. I snuck in a rap song as the intro music. I and noticed I, that. And the intent was to discuss that with you guys the next episode. Um, that is a Christian rap <laughs> artist that I've recently become aware of uh, being Nashville based now. Okay. So um, somebody that lives in this house, not named me. Um, <laughs> confusing, <laughs> non you. Somebody who might have, uh, whoa, sorry, got too close to the mic there. Somebody that might have more interest in say Demarcus Lawrence than I would is uh, is taking a uh, hip hop dance class to Christian rap music. In <laughs> the, are uh, you, the are you <laughs> able to
1: dance dance in the class or I mean, it seems like that would be maybe frowned upon. That being the theme.
0: But anyways, that song is the uh is the one that they're working on for their uh whatever they do r- routine. Is that the right word? So I'm hearing it a lot in my house. So I snuck that in. And I was hoping you guys would ask me on the next episode to say like uh hey, what was that rap song that I could tell you about the uh fine work of he's got a really cool name. I need to look it up though. I can't remember. It's a name it that Skittles? I can't it's a name- it's a name that I can't remember right now.
1: Oh yeah, well, DJ Nebuchadnezzar.
0: <laughs> it looks like it looks like uh, Spotify is not going to cooperate
1: on this, so oh.
0: you're just going to have to trust me that that he has a name. And it, please it, tell me it is somewhat it's, humorous.
1: <laughs> it's some kind of a play on the word Samson, but it has dollar signs for the S's. <laughs> okay,
0: that needs to be. We, I'm writing this down. That needs to be a show topic. Is Come up with the three most cre- creative names for a Christian rap artists. <laughs> and Samson with the dollar signs is the uh, leader in the clubhouse that we're gonna have to we're gonna have to compete against. All right. So what I did when I drove home from work today is listen to last week's episode again and pick out all the different moments during that episode when, oh, I've gotten a text from the other room. The rapper's name is Victory, but it's spelled V-I-K-T-O-R-Y. Victory, as in victory in Jesus. But with a K. Well, he's black, so that's okay. If it was a white rapper, I think there's a little bit more of an issue there, but I think it's totally fine.
1: Okay, Did
0: Did we get disconnected? Sorry. Tommy just sees both the other two screens go to mute all of a sudden. It's
1: like, why, yeah, why yeah.
0: am I, yeah, why am I seeing avatars and not faces anymore? <laughs> These are things that I said in the last episode and I quote, hold on. Are you going to try to prop yourself up as calling this? Cause I, I called, called it, this. I, well, and I give you, I give you credit because the only person that gets no credit in this is Glenn, but about 45 minutes into the last episode, I said, what's probably going to happen is it's going to be proven that Lucy sold Julie ding and then then about 90 seconds later say i'm sure the episode will probably end with Wayne making a big discovery and then completely forgetting it ding and then In an elongated clip right towards the end, if you'd like to skip to, I don't know, about one oh eight of the last episode, I I go ahead and lay out my entire plan or my entire prediction for the end of the series, which I essentially nail almost 100% correct. And then Point Break Dave has the absolute stroke of genius of, hey, what if the daughter uh, was breaking out of the house the entire time and playing with the kids in the woods? I predicted that Will's death was an accident that they moved the body because they didn't know what to do. Like essentially calling everything all the while Glenn's going, if there's not some big swerve, I'm going to be really disappointed.
1: (laughs) Well, (laughs) not hard to predict my reaction to the last episode. Oh no, really? Just a giant, giant pile of meh.
0: Oh no. (laughs) Oh no, no.
1: There were aspects of it that I, I was okay with. Um, I don't know that we really need to go through and like break it all down. You know, I think we can just kind of hit the high points, but the first thing I'm definitely disappointed with was we left off episode seven with Mr. Hoyt pulls, uh, Wayne into the car. We're going to go on this drive. Okay. They went on a nice drive in the woods. He drank a bottle of whiskey. And I, I thought kinda, that was
0: impressive even for, you know, for you, especially to see somebody in a short frame of time, or short span of time, drink an entire bottle. That's not yeah. something you just kind of aimlessly find your way into. You gotta, you gotta do some prep work for that.
1: And he gave uh, Hayes a nice talking to, and then what did
0: uh, you, what did just, you
1: want him to do? I, I don't know. It's just something. Have some more involvement. Other than that, I mean, there was nothing else. Why was he even a part of the show?
0: Well, he was because he. In the nineteen ninety timeline, he made enough of a connection with Hayes and enough of a threat that Hayes essentially dropped it. Until he got to uh, two thousand fifteen and couldn't remember anymore why he had dropped it.
1: Because was they that had, the final straw?
0: Yeah, because they. Ha- I mean, he had th- the rest of what was needed Ooh. to solve the
1: case there, and they and they he essentially okay. intimidated him to not doing it. So that yeah. brings me to a question that I I didn't write anything down, obviously, but. Um, 1990, uh, they had a beeper on uh, Harris James. That I was think a that was a with bluff. GPS. Did so, they have did you GPS look, in 1990? Well,
0: did you look up if there was ever a beeper that had GPS? Because I don't, I don't see why you would need those two pieces of technology together. No, I think that was a bluff by Hoyt. No, I, I kind of got the sense in that whole conversation that, Hoyt was doing like the the parenting you do you do with your kids when you when you think they're acting suspicious but you don't know why and you say look I know what you did but I need you to go ahead and tell me it'll go a lot easier on you if you do I think he was pulling that yeah. move I don't think there he was...
1: suspected but he couldn't couldn't have proven it but he suspected that they took him out and killed him
0: yeah I mean I think he knew that they were tailing him when they when he left the uh, the chicken factory Poyos Hermanos
1: he sure had a very specific guess is uh hey if we go out in the woods would i find him buried somewhere you know i mean i guess there's only so many ways to dispose of a body it's either that or cave obviously right. there's only two <laughs> options
0: right Prayer, <laughs> prayerfully in a cave or buried yeah. in the woods
1: We've Learned or, anything uh, from
0: the show we know that
1: or what was the
0: other one where's o'brien was he in like a water oh yeah he, yeah he was in the quarry that's right Option three, and then he left Wayne out in the woods too. But you know what? Wayne's a tracker.
1: Yeah, he's a recon. Yeah, yeah.
0: He was probably I right. probably felt right at home
1: with that. No, I did like that when he when Hoyt walks off and just says, "I'll just let you find your way back." So, but that. Oh, go ahead. No, I, w-
0: I wanted to just kind of expand farther on what, what could have possibly happened to Hoyt between 1990 and 2015. Because when they go back, uh, and I think it's actually the, really the next part of the show, when they go back to the Hoyt house to break into it in 2015, it's in disrepair. You know, apparently he's out of the picture and his poor wife's having to work. So, what happened to the Hoyt fortune? Because obviously, Wayne never. Uh, outed them for the crimes they committed. so so where did where did he go off the rails to the point where his whole family fortune appears to have been squandered?
1: Well, alcoholism is a possibility. <laughs> um, obviously, he had a terrible accident. Uh, I think it was at Talladega that he never recovered from. <laughs> And he, he couldn't race anymore.
0: What if like he was in a wheelchair and... Well,
1: yeah, I mean, he raced in a wheelchair and then he raced in a couple of rental cars on the way to dinner, but he couldn't get back on the actual track. So he had no income.
0: <laughs> and it's hard to live. It's hard to get by in uh, no income. That's why we need to really make sure everybody in this uh, in this great land of ours gets a living wage. Part of the Green New Deal. <laughs> should read it sometime.
1: That's right. Bartenders, $15 an hour
0: if they do a green new deal where everybody in America just gets a thousand dollars a month for doing nothing except breathing, I promise you that that $1,000 every month will be put in play, uh, at the closest casino. That's, that's my (laughs) pledge to you right now. That's found money. That's not getting saved.
1: Oh, no, I I will tell you, uh, you're going to take it to the casino. I'll be entering a $1,000 single entry contest on DraftKings The instant, it pops up into a account. All I got to do is just hit it one time. Can you imagine? I was hoping Glenn was just going to buy a Peloton every month. <laughs> just have them all over his house. Have a fleet of them. Or what I might do, have you guys ever seen the movie Hot Rod before? I um, have. No, I have not. Okay, so you, so you know when they're trying to hand out flyers for their his next jump and they have their friend Richardson, he just takes all the flyers and throws them at one person? I'm going to get $1,001 bills and just find someone on the street and just throw them all at him at one time.
0: But not the guy who needed to get his dog. He doesn't get anymore.
1: No, because that guy now needs money so he can uh, have a place to shave and shower and stuff for his, uh, was it IT? It was some kind of a job interview. That was on his sign this week.
0: (laughs) I would love to go quiz him about what
1: type of IT work he plans to be doing. I think that's what it was. So, I don't remember. It, it was a rather long sign. So, and while I was at the stoplight, the the police walked over and gave him a nice talking to. And then he was asked to leave the area.
0: Isn't a place to shower and shave an apartment? Like he wanted you to give him a lease to an apartment? Or did he just want to come home else? with you?
1: Oh, hey. Uh... <laughs> His sign is not just targeted at me. <laughs> right. Well, you're
0: not running the orchids of Asia at your house either. Right.
1: I mean, as far as I know, well, definitely not these days, <laughs> but he, he got 40 bucks out of me. He can hopefully he used it for what he needs, but otherwise just kindle the fires in hell with that. There's I never saw a dog. Goodness.
0: Um, so okay, so... Yeah, so they go to the the haunted mansion Hoyt f- home after it's been abandoned. And they find the pink room. In 2015, Roland gets pissed here because he kind of figures out that Wayne had it and, and yeah, uh, walked away from it. Yeah. And you can kind of see a scene where he's ready to kind of confront him and then he realizes like, hey, you know it's not worth it. This guy doesn't even know uh, what state we're in right now. And he just, he just kind of lets it go. But they do see, uh, they do see the drawing on the wall that mentions uh, Sir Junius. Yes. yep. Which will uh, probably be Finn Balor's opponent at WrestleMania this year. <laughs> Balor, Sir Junius. He'll so probably he'll have, have the, he'll cover. probably have the Singh brothers in his corner. I'm sure. <laughs>
1: I do like the name Junius Watts. Yeah. Sounds like Brilliant. Sounds like somebody who's got drafted to play small forward for the Timberwolves or something. <laughs> it's a solid name.
0: Yeah, he's like a solid, like he's a he's a contributor, role player, not a star. No, but, no, no. But you know, if you play him in DraftKings, like one of those nights, he's gonna just, you know, come in and get you twenty and ten and he's yeah, gonna be like two percent owned and you're gonna be pretty happy about how that works out. So all right. That's that's Sir Junius for you. When the when the second unit's having a good a good game and they actually give him thirty five
1: minutes and DraftKings is just looking so good, <laughs> just one of those nights.
0: Yeah, but I, I just don't see how a guy with one eye can really be a good small forward.
1: But he's <laughs> more of a defensive specialist. He's he's a three ad D guy. I okay. mean, he can't really shoot off the dribble or anything, but he can spot up. He's a he's a dead eye shooter. <laughs> From twenty three and a half feet standing still. Oh my goodness! All right, we got to get into this episode a little bit. No, we really don't. We can just kind of <laughs> talk around it. I just you hated say, it
0: this much.
1: I want no, to say okay. It, it was it was okay, but that's that was my takeaway when it was over. I was like, all right, kind of the whole thing. I was like, that's all right. Yeah, well, let's let's hit a high point. So in nineteen ninety.
0: I believe it's directly after the uh, um, Hayes and Hoyt um, go out, have their drive, right? He uh, leaves them in the woods. I'm guessing because the investigation is essentially over, that's when Roland goes to the biker bar. Oh, yeah. This was a fun scene. This was a great scene, man. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Roland just... Walks in, like as soon as he walks in, he gets a little bit of static from the first guy he encounters. Because right. he shouldn't be in there to begin with, and they know
1: it. He finds the yeah. biggest
0: guy in the bar. And then
1: just yeah. <laughs> Starts well, he, sold it. he, he the, the big guy said something to him, like threatened him, and it was like, well, I'm glad it was you that said that to me and not that woolly <laughs> mammoth that you came in here with. <laughs>
0: He did make an interesting point, though, which was, he's like, when I'm walking around and I, you know, just see all these scumbag people, I just wonder, you know, who's making all these people? And then I saw the two of you. And I was like, you know, I mean. He makes some good points. Yeah, he makes a compelling point here. But Roland, Roland can fight a little bit, man. He uh, put up a good fight until the, the classic movie someone <laughs> broke a pool cue over his back. <laughs> which... Quick aside, I don't think – I think all the movies are lying to us because they always break those pool cues, like, right in the middle where they attach, where they screw in the two different
1: halves. You can't break it there. Like, that's the one place it'll never break. I don't even know if it would – if it would break over your back at all, I don't know if it would at all either. But it definitely would. Yeah, you break could there.
0: you could break it over your back if you hit somebody where you're holding both ends of it. which would be like the stupidest way. It was like basically how Ronda was trying to hit Becky Lynch with the crutch Monday night, like in the dumbest possible way. Like you want to you want to grab it, you want to grab it by the thinner end, and then hit him with the butt end of it where it would really hurt. And that's how you that's how you re- that's how you would lay the wood to somebody in there.
1: Not yeah, so. yeah.
0: Not not like try to execute like a sacrifice bunt. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the mm-hmm. the takeaway from that scene is we find out why Roland loves dogs. Yeah,
1: he was all alone in the world.
0: He's all alone. He, he just saved by the- yeah, just got his you know rear end handed to him in a biker
1: bar. And here comes. I think he did okay. Oh, I think he did, he did all right, too. but I, I
0: think the implication was that at some point it became a numbers game.
1: Yeah, I don't think he won the last man standing match. <laughs> it was like he he drew number
0: one and he stayed in there for a long time, but at some point yeah. they just ganged up on him, you know.
1: It happened. He got thrown out. Yeah.
0: And uh, but yeah, very very good uh, good puppy dog came over to console, and make sure uh, make sure he was all right. I think that that was when he realized, you know. I'm done with humanity and it's just, it's just time to to move off the grid and uh, get a bunch of dogs, which I'm close to doing in my personal life right now.
1: <laughs> so as long as was do the podcast, next, uh, right? was the, was the next scene when they went to Junius? Yeah, yeah. In
0: between there, there was just, just the revelation and we do not need to spend any time here that, that uh, in 1980 that um, Wayne caught a lot of flack for um, Amelia writing the book. And he yeah. essentially, okay. he essentially got the Vic Mackey treatment uh, right. of being chained to a, you know, chained to a desk, uh, because he wouldn't, he wouldn't come out and publicly, uh, go against the book. Uh, and you know, so he, he essentially took it for his wife, you know, he wasn't yeah. necessarily happy about it, but he, he, uh, he took the hit and, and career wise to, to let her can, you know, continue to sell the book. And I think, You know, police officers don't make enough money. I've always said that. I back the blue.
1: Like every day. Every day. It's it's constant. Sometimes multiple times a day. Like 7.30 every morning. And I'm like, dude, I get it. (laughs) What do you want me to do? I gave all my money to this homeless guy (laughs) who lays down in a median. But
0: I think the the smart financial decision is, yeah, I think I would take worldwide bestseller money over – police detective money that's that's just my own personal editorial on the situation as someone who backs the the auto
1: the odd stance of oh i'm gonna you know for her to save face for her and just because i i guess he loves her he's gonna stand up for her he's gonna take the lesser job and not and not sign the statement that the police were gonna release but then he goes home and like blames her for it so he's like playing sides of it, which right. is kind of But I kind of
0: feel like that's exactly what I would do. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> Okay.
0: Cause right, I mean, if you think if you think about that in your own personal life, right? If if Mrs. Glenn were to come home and do something that's mildly embarrassing or emasculating to you in some way, and you're not really happy about it, but then you also find out that she's gonna literally get hundreds of thousands of dollars for doing this thing.
1: You're probably ultimately gonna go along
0: with it, but that doesn't mean you have to like it.
1: And yeah. I think that's where Wayne was. Oh, kinda of like this hundreds of thousands talk. <laughs> I pretty much subject myself to almost anything if that's what we're dealing with.
0: Yeah, but I mean what if it was like what if it was like, you know, she said, Look, I've invested in this massage parlor <laughs> and some stuff's Do gonna to come out it? some stuff's gonna come out in the news about it. No, you don't have to run it. Just some stuff's going to come out in the news about it that's not going to look real good, and you just need to, you know, just play along that you thought it was a legit business the whole way. And, you know, you know, you know it wasn't, but hundreds of thousands of dollars, or probably in that case, millions
1: of dollars. I'm in.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So right now today, episode 111, you said that if, if somebody approached you with a business proposition to reopen Orchids of Asia in Richardson, and you would just be a silent partner... You're in.
1: Yeah, but we're, yes, but in, <laughs> if it's in the east side of 75 Richardson, we don't have to import anyone for the sex trafficking because there's plenty of population there that are native. They have their own newspaper <sighs> and everything there. No, I'm
0: going to go ahead and just casually sign out of my Skype account. <laughs> I thought you were going to. I thought I thought you were going to say that you couldn't really penetrate that market because it was already cornered, because there's already about a thousand of those businesses already set up. So you'd have to be west of seventy-five just to have a chance.
1: Uh, That may also be true, but I wouldn't know.
0: From there, let's see. Trying to read. uh, Well, that's when they talked to. Yeah, let's uh, talk about Junius. That's a good good uh good place to go from
1: here i was gonna say i did like how they go meet with him and <laughs> without getting into the details he basically just lays we've we've spent seven and a half hours watching this show and then he they just throw it to him is like just explain the entire show in two <laughs> minutes go the uh and to start the
0: show and obviously to glorify himself tommy kind of told the uh whole premise that He claims he saw coming, but essentially he was a caretaker for the daughter and then for um, uh, Julie Purcell. That was the daughter, right? Not the mom. That's correct. Yeah. And he seems like a good guy. I mean, other (laughs) than that, he kept it hidden for all this time, but he... Well, the fact that he was... Pretty much instrumental in kidnapping her. He's a great guy. But he also it comes out that he helped her escape that once she grew up to however old she was. And he keeps getting back to the he wasn't just gonna let her run off in the woods. Like he gave her a map to meet him, and then he was gonna, I guess, help her out in some way. And he keeps coming back to that, and I'm thinking. And he's like, I don't know why she didn't show up. I'm like, Your map was probably off. Like, your depth perception with one eye is not good. <laughs> it was just
1: half the map. It's just like a left side of the map, and there's nothing on the right. She was not interested in that map. Like, she escapes down that hallway. She gets out the door outside and is surrounded by freedom. And the first thing she does before running is throws the map onto the ground. Well, she's like, I don't have the other half of it. This won't do me any good. I guarantee you, it was a stick figure of her in one corner, just a weird, weird pathway, and then a picture of him in the opposite corner, and that was the map. So,
0: so can you imagine if you walked into the sports book and it was like, okay, look, I want to put a hundred dollars on girl that's been kidnapped underground for fifteen years, finding her way in the dark with a map drawn by a one-eyed guy? Like, they'd have to pay. Well, they'd have to pay like a thousand to one at least, right?
1: Yeah, they'd cap that out <laughs> at, like, 50 or 75. Right, They'd be like, sir, we, we
0: can't take that much action on this, just in case. Yeah. And then, yeah, if you knew she was going to throw the map on the ground. Did, did you like the fact that uh, Roland's uh, nickname for Junius was um, Cyclops Mother Effer?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was creative. So the deal is that... Uh, Okay, so Amelia is the the Hoyt daughter, or Isabel. Isabel. Amelia. is Isabel. Hayes. Amelia is Hayes's wife. Yeah. Amelia so is a Isabel. best-selling author. Right. Um, she was in that act, or there was an accident that killed her husband and her daughter. Yes. That, then they saw the Purcell children at some sort of event, and she basically just saw Julie and just basically said, "That's my daughter." Yes. Or had it in her mind that, that was her. Yeah. So that was the motivating factor for them to kidnap her and bring them to their house. Well, she's also all lithiumed up. Right. And it was the
0: first time she started acting normal again and speaking is when she saw the child. So they figured, Hey, you know, lithium is probably, I don't know, like $30 for a bottle, but then you could get a child and it would have way <laughs> better effect. Maybe it's worth the extra investment. Yeah, you know it's like alternative medicine,
1: essential oils. Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of
0: like the yeah essential oils or or, or gluten free of uh, of treating mental illness is just kidnapping a child.
1: So they take Julie and they're basically just they keep her drugged up on lithium and CBD oil <laughs> for how many years? It from was 10, 10 right? to 18, somewhere in there. Right, yeah. And, like, she's convinced that she is Isabel's daughter, but mainly just because she's drugged up and yeah. kind yeah. of brainwashed. Yeah. Yeah, okay.
0: But then, then she starts the kind of getting memories of her brother and that's when uh, Junius
1: helps her escape with a poorly written map. And the other part just goes back to y'all's prediction of they used to play in the woods. They were fi- they were were they fighting over something or were they getting trying to take Julie and Will was yeah, yeah Will was uh,
0: resisting and fell back and hit his head on a rock, which that seems like a pretty light way to die. You know, just as far as the punishment we've seen people take in this show. I mean, yeah. Roland fought thirty guys in a bar and he <laughs> just took a dog to make him feel better. <laughs> It's so, uh, uh, oddly phrased. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he's lonely.
1: So Will out falls back, gets to sit on the rock. They carry and him it, to the cave. Yeah, Julie she, puts his hand yeah, in the prayer. Yeah, Julie actually was
0: there. She helped, she helped pose the body, which was shocking.
1: Kind of weird that she's not freaking out because she's not lithium lithium up no, there. She
0: was on her way to being lithium up, lithiumed up, but not at that time. Yeah, yeah
1: that, I thought that was a weird... It might
0: have been the shock of it all, though. I mean, I know the first time that happened to me, I didn't say much. <laughs> it's true. The first, I mean, Yeah. The first time... It was the shock of the initial shock of it. The next time it happened, I was a little more vociferous.
1: <laughs> okay. You're real indifferent, like, when when... Dale took the head on into the wall and Daryl Waltrip was like, Oh, I hope he's okay. Yeah. But my
0: brother won this race. Let's get to victory lane. Oh, uh, goodness. Um, so where do we go from there? I think like, I mean, there's a few other things, but the, the next yeah, big I thing mean, is they, they visit the convent again. Or yeah. They, re, they revisit the, Yeah. They had visited the convent, but they go back as as 2015 adults. And did you think for a second that the the nun was actually her? No, or was that just I didn't me? Think okay, because I, I thought that for a second. I was like, oh man, it's her, you know, she's the she's the, the nun, but but no, but they tell him at the convent in 2015 they said, Yeah, she uh she got AIDS and died. Yeah, that's, <laughs> and no. then that was the end of the show. It faded to black and that was how it ended. It was strange.
1: <laughs> no. See I didn't I, when they initially said that, I didn't immediately say that's not that couldn't be the case. But one thing that came to mind was that's like the ending that I would have come up with for <laughs> Julie that she got AIDS and died. So I was like, are we really going with this? See, I, I, I bought
0: it. I yeah, totally well, thought like, you know, they've been chasing this uh, essentially chasing a ghost, you know, in three different it's it consumed his whole life. And then he finally finds her quote unquote. And it's like, Oh yeah, she, she died 20 years ago due to the hip. And he's just like, Oh, all right. All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, see you later. But then I'm sure you guys have no. the same reaction as me. Uh, they're walking out of the convent and they see the little girl that, I mean, it looks exactly like right. Julie. Yeah. And I was like, Yes. Now we are going to get our sexual impropriety. She was at the convent and she got sexually assaulted by the lawn man, and fathered a child out of wedlock. And I was <sighs> like, now, uh, now we finally off. got the pedophilia that we've been wa- missing in this show.
1: He almost said wanting. <laughs> okay. Almost. Um, I don't.
0: I don't first, think. I didn't think I said that.
1: First, I have I have several takes here.
0: One. Glenn, did you think that immediately when you saw the girl too, the little girl?
1: Um, I... okay, quick reset. Not, not obviously, but I, the thought entered my mind that they didn't run into this girl for no reason. See, that's that's and that's kind of how this show
0: is. Like you see these little things, you're like, yeah. there has to be something behind this. So Hayes and Roland are at the uh, convent. They get the, she died of AIDS. They go, they look at the gravestone, then they're leaving. And this little girl happens to run by and then her father's the landscaper. And I'm kind of sitting there, I'm like, this is a weird. And then I immediately thought, because they talked about in the, her being kidnapped by the Hoyts. They're like, uh, one-eyed man was like, well, you know, I thought it was probably a better life for her. And I was like, oh, this is just showing a happy little girl with her working class blue collar, similar to uh Tom Purcell dad. And it's just kind of that. And boy, it, it was not
1: just something little. No, it went way <laughs> off the rails. Well, he, he had a, a uniform on, which I didn't go back, but I'm assuming it probably had his first name on it. It was mm-hmm. like, his name was like Mark, Mike or Mark or something. Yeah, One of the two. And it probably had that. And you could have, Probably that'd have been a good clue, but certainly towards the end of that scene where she runs to the truck, or he has to go and he says, "Okay, Lucy, get in the front seat," or something. Then I immediately, I was like, "All right, maybe, yeah." Julie maybe. died died of AIDS, but that's her kid. There's yeah, no right. way that's coincidence. No, but that's
0: what I thought. Is I thought that she was dead, but before she died, that the the landscaper had, you know run his edger through the neighborhood <laughs> the neighbor's yard or put his weed uh, wha- was, put his weed whacker uh yeah,
1: I, was, I was gonna <laughs> say there's not there's not much edging going on. I mean this Just is... put the weed whacker string where uh not, it's not, not supposed not to be it. loaded. Yeah.
0: <laughs> let's also like, we put the mulching attachment on there, not the bag. <laughs> let's not let's not gloss over the fact that old Mark is because he mentions that he's like, my dad used to do the landscaping here for free. I took over the company. Now I'm still doing it. He's completely getting ripped off. The convents got money to do fake gravestones for fake HIV deaths. Like, they got money to pay Mark. Something else I said during that scene, and there's no way you guys thought this, though, but if you recall in the first season of True Detective when uh russ cole encounters the yellow king for the first time he's riding around on a lawnmower and i thought oh man here's here's the symmetry between the two seasons is like the the seedy sex part's going to come out with another landscaper like the the author of this uh show uh he he only equates uh (laughs) seedy behavior with with landscaping but i was wrong (laughs) on that too (laughs) Luckily no, they, in, luckily in episode one ten I predicted everything perfectly correct. So yeah. <laughs> these thoughts I had during the show don't even really matter.
1: So we solved one aspect of it, and then I think the next thing was uh Hayes in twenty fifteen and his in his study looking through some materials and then he, he has a conversation with the vision of his wife. Yeah.
0: So So Ghost do you Amelia think, comes back
1: again. Yes. So do you think <sighs> what I like to think is that's not Hayes being crazy that's just Hayes's consciousness he like he's actually thinking this through and he's actually figured it out it's not the being given yeah, the right, answer that it, he's manifests, it out
0: manifests in the right. form of his wife yeah i, I, I would like to yeah. think that he's rather projecting than his he, own ideas into her right. rather than some supernatural force coming back and uh, help guiding him through the investigation but he was a pretty bad detective, so let's, let's not rule anything <laughs> he out. Needs, he needs a lot of help, So when, but I but, like to
1: think that he actually figured it out. When, In that vision, we realized
0: that the grown-up landscaper was a childhood friend of uh, Lucy Purcell, yeah, or a, Julie Purcell. A peer, uh, as it were. Yes, and he puts and that he, together. Yeah, and that makes everything fine.
1: Okay, so it didn't have the exact year that uh, he recognized her. We don't know that that was obviously it wasn't 2015. Cause that kid of theirs has to be about 10. Right. So early two thousands, let's just say that. So you, let's say you went to school with somebody and at the age of 10, you were friends with them. The age of 10, they moved halfway across the country. 13 years later, you're going into a subway and that same individual is sitting at a booth, and you look over. Are you going to recognize them? There's a zero point zero percent chance. That's that was that was my thought as well. Do we
0: do we know? Are we romanticizing that he recognized her? Yeah. Or was he just a guy at a w- women's shelter? Like, hey, yeah. He's <laughs> basically like, three yeah. years later. They're like. Oh wow, that's
1: weird.
0: <laughs> he's basically he a se- just, he's basically a sex predator, and he's doing the old "Hey, don't I know you?" line on somebody, and then it turns <laughs> it out you know it's like that one out. in a million chance. Well, actually, sometimes it's going to be right. You know, the broken clock's right twice a day.
1: He just walked through, and he's like, "Hey, you're not a nun. Let's go do this." <laughs> <laughs> that's not how it was portrayed. Yeah, it let was me get the, uh, he was like, let me get the Toro O-N-G. fired up here and. <laughs> you're you're totally jules purcell let's let's get out of here and they did and they made a they made a lucy baby yes <laughs> they, they made love to honor her mother who sold her for heroin that she would overdose <laughs> on
0: that was the uh the one thing we didn't touch on because last episode they connected that um Uh, Harris had gone to Vegas right when Lucy Purcell died. And we originally thought he killed her. Do we now think that he went to drop off some big payment and she just OD'd herself on that? I think it's unclear. There was a few things they left open-ended. He could have gone to silence her if she was calling for more money. I mean, you know, you go to Vegas, you burn through all your money. We've all been there. And you, obviously you got to put in the call for more, and you know he realized then you have to sell one of your kids. we've all right, <laughs> and he realized you know this was not a situation that was going to get better. it was just going to keep happening, so it's better just clean it up, you know, rip the bandaid off, get it done. We don't definitively find out what happened to O'Brien either. you know, I think the thought is that the Hoyt's guys, Harris, or whomever killed him, there's a s outside chance that Tom actually sacked up and did something. Right for once in his life, but we don't know that. And we don't know all the details around Tom's death other than clearly Harris was responsible. The question that was burning in my mind was, did he drag him up all those stairs alive or dead? We never found that out. Not that I was expecting to. No. I like to picture it that he coaxed Tom to walk up on his own and then shot him and said, hey, look, let's just go up here and talk. It'll be quiet. (laughs) We'll be way out of earshot of anybody that could hear... And then just pulled yeah, yeah. pulled the pulled the hold, swerve on it when
1: I got up there. <laughs> hold, hold this slightly folded piece of paper in your right hand. Yeah, kind of kneel down a little bit. Yeah.
0: Can you uh can you pull out this typewriter and just write a few lines about your family? <laughs> just in your own words, whatever you'd say. They're gonna they're gonna find that note. They're gonna trace it. Remember when uh they wanted to uh, get Hayes to write his his column for the paper. And he's like, I'm not much of a writer. And they're like, we'll write it for you. They're going to trace the suicide note to the same type DA typewriter that tried to write that note.
1: That's right. (laughs) It all comes back to that guy. So, uh, let's see. Okay. So Hayes figures it out that basically the convent story was, was made up to protect Julie. She actually met and married Mark. Yeah, so do you think kid. this was the biggest AIDS cover-up since Magic Johnson? It's on the list. <laughs> certainly, certainly high up there. Uh, by the way, man, the clock is ticking on that, and we're almost 30 years after diagnosis. Has anyone lived with HIV for 30 years? He just happens to be the lucky one. Oh. What's a... Uh julie purcell
0: (laughs) how many years is that bit but she never had it she just full roman reigns it, right
1: (laughs) yeah she for four months four months she's in remission giving mcintyre the spear (laughs) which was phenomenal by the way i i could i can't jump but i certainly raised (laughs) off of the couch in that uh In that moment. And ascended partially into space. And what was funny was he was laying on his stomach. (laughs) Also true. So Hayes uh, calls information, which uh, you could do back then. Maybe you can do it now. I don't know. And just get anybody's address. You can do that. He drives out there. He drives out to Greenland? Something like that. Yeah, it was something like that. Doesn't matter. It's Arkansas. It's all the same. All of Arkansas looks the same <laughs> Shoe to me. Pick Greenland. It's all the same. He drives out there, and even though it was kind of predictable that he was going to forget, oh, I knew at the most like
0: times. I knew that the 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 shocking ending would have been him not forgetting at that
1: point. Yeah, but I thought that that was better. It's better that Julie doesn't know that somebody figured it out. I think that sends her life into a tailspin. If he walks up and says, I've been looking for you for 35 years. And now she's like, you can't tell anybody. And she's going to be paranoid and all her life is ruined. She ends up dead in a heroin hotel. Why would she be
0: paranoid at that point? I mean, the Hoyt's dead. They're out of the picture. I mean, it would bring back some troubling memories, but I don't know that, uh, I don't know that she would be in any danger.
1: No. Unless Hayes just says something. Like to the media or something of the yeah, cops. Now, yeah,
0: I mean, she might end up, you know, having to sign away the rights to the Lifetime movie or something. But <laughs> but you do get the feeling that even though Hayes forgets when he goes back, Henry comes and picks him up. They're back at the house. Hayes reaches in his pocket and pulls out a piece of paper that has the address he was at written oh, down. Yeah. So then he hands it to Henry and you think Henry's gonna throw it away, and he kind of looks at it and then's like,
1: Nah, I should probably look into this and puts no, it no. the the spin-off, the spin-off is on its way where Henry investigates this further, he figures out who that is, and that he has an affair with Julie Purcell. <laughs>
0: That's what I was gonna say, like no the alternate theory is Henry's now clearly got a taste for the white prize. And he probably <laughs> saw her standing out there when he picked up his dad and was like, Yeah. You know, might cruise by here in the charger later. No, Henry's gonna look at that piece of paper, look up the address. Five seconds later, he's gonna be at Eliza's hotel room, and like got something to show you. And then after that, I gotta tell you about this piece of paper right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man.
0: So that pretty much wraps it up. Wayne ends on the back porch for, with his family. It looks like Henry's going to try to make it work with his wife, at least for the time being. The very last scene, I have no idea why they threw that in there. Totally threw me off. It's, it's young Wayne walking through the jungles of Vietnam and fade to black.
1: Yeah. Why did I, they
0: put I, that in I, there? There's a lot of I theories. Was- I read a few. None of them make okay, any you- sense.
1: Yeah, I think I read something it was supposed to symbolize that he never whatever his true self was, he never recovered it after he got out of Vietnam. I read the same. Um, and and
0: then the alternate theory of that was that he had been hanging on till he could get closure in this thing, the Julie case that had been bothering him and now he was just walking off into the nothingness of like succumbing fully succumbing to mental illness and that yeah. was just sig- signifying that he had he had reached that conclusion point and was now ready to just kind of march off into the, into the jungle or the abyss.
1: Well, that one scene right before that, it was actually a flashback to, I guess, I don't know if it was 80 or 90 talking with Amelia and they walked out of the bar and it was, it was into the bright light and it was actually because he had been at the bar all night in reality, but it gave like that same kind of symbolism of he's, He's at the end of his time. He's about to walk toward the light and to the, the big, deep voice. Um, but they, I thought they kind of passed up. The perfect ending was they're sitting on the porch, families in good spirits. Roland walks up. He's going to start spending a few nights a week at Wayne's house, hanging out and stuff, and everybody's on great terms, and everybody's happy. And then the kids, the grandkids go by on their bikes, just like Will and Julie. And I was like, and then it kind of slowly focuses in on Wayne. And I'm like, all right, this is how it ends. This is a perfect ending. That is the perfect ending. And, and then then we, we ruined it. Yeah, we got like the two, we got the two unreleased tracks they are like, you get the five minute silence and then play the two <laughs> extra songs on the album. And you're like, I didn't need this. Right. <laughs> this is just we had trash it. studio stuff. We had
0: it. And then, and then we tried to get artsy at the end. It's like the I agree. It's like most of Glenn's lovemaking like things were he had it and then he tried to get artsy at the end. It
1: just tried to get just way too fancy.
0: tried to try to get creative and esoteric and that's what happens. I mean, it's terrible. Yeah. Um, so, do we think that the next episode that we record together as a show will be more normal to the fact that maybe we can appeal to the half of our audience that has recently left us to come back?
1: Wow, we're going to have to do a little little reach out that at least the next episode is going to be another just complete J.O. session, which will harken back to the, the days of 2017, All early right. 2018, maybe. Because we we've got a big milestone coming up, don't we? Yeah, a couple weeks uh be three years that we've been doing this dumb thing. Yeah. <laughs> and I was going to say, it's been on an upward trajectory until the last six episodes. Oh. <laughs> <sighs>
0: Hey. Well, we will promise the listener knob creek and back to
1: no specific topic. <laughs> it's just a uh, just complete free for all from here on out except at least, for yeah, at least for one episode. Yeah, at least for one episode and uh, I think we already talked teasing ahead about doing like the WrestleMania stuff, but that's only that's once a month. That's not going to be our genuine focus by any means
0: did you guys see um i think i know me and tommy did did you listen to this serial podcast the adnan one
1: no i i haven't i know what it is but I never. they're listened doing an hbo show over that oh uh, we're not doing any more shows never never again it's just gonna yeah it'll just be us and Mike is gonna be the only people involved in this podcast anymore if we do another show.
0: Yeah, otherwise we're just gonna, yeah, we're gonna just rename it rigged and ridiculous and be done with it.
1: <laughs> but I think part of the problem is I think a lot of people are very meh on this show. Yeah, that was the problem, is is
0: our our listeners actually went up to some of the highest ever when we were doing Koresh because everybody was all in on that. And we were having fun and making fun of it. But I think this show uh people gave up on it. I, in fact, a lot of people that I'm friends with were were on board after the first couple episodes and and they said, "Man, it started to drag and I lost interest." So I just don't think it was there was the captivating factor this season, even though it was great TV, well acted and I really enjoyed it. I think the mass appeal of maybe what the first season had or some of these other, you know, breakout short run series had, I think it lacked that and uh and yeah that was that might have been uh part of the undoing of uh of our recent stats so everyone come back next week waco episode one